Entrepreneurs often have similar characteristics. Energy, passion, vision. But why do some soar to success while others struggle to climb? Less than 2% of women-owned businesses in North America ever achieve a million dollars a year in annual revenue. Why is that? And how do we dramatically increase that number? Welcome to Breakthrough with your host, Sarah Roach-Lewis. Sarah offers conversations with the ambitious women entrepreneurs in that 2% to help you break through. Now, here is Sarah Roach-Lewis. Well, hello, Ambitious One. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Breakthrough. Perhaps you have a bold ambition or an emerging desire to hit the million-dollar mark and beyond in your business. You may be well on your way or just starting out. Regardless, the show is for you. This is the last episode of Breakthrough for Season 1. Over the past three months, I've had the pleasure of interviewing a dozen women who have achieved a million dollars and beyond in their business, in some cases exponentially more than a million dollars. As I've said before, this show is designed to be motivational, inspirational, and instructional for ambitious women who wish to achieve great success in their business. As I was preparing for this podcast and radio show, I was totally floored when I realized that less than 2% of women entrepreneurs achieve this million-dollar milestone and beyond in their business, and it is my mission to help more women get there. Those less than 2% are the trailblazers in business. We are leaning on them to learn from their success about what it can look like to do business differently and embrace all of our success and our strengths. So today, to celebrate the last breakthrough of the season, the year, and the decade, I've invited three ambitious women entrepreneurs to join me to reflect on what we've heard so far. So each of these women have been listening to the podcast from the very beginning. Some of them I know, some of them I know now because they like my show, Um, but I just really wanted to have this opportunity to focus a little bit on each of those three things, the inspiration, the motivation, and really more importantly, that instruction. What are we learning from these conversations that we're then able to turn into action in our own business? So I want to welcome today Frances Gerch from Stort Travel, Travel Group, Maureen Hanley from Navigate Food Safety Solutions, and Sarah Benetto O'Brien from the PEI Hand Company to talk about Season 1 of Breakthrough. So thank you for joining me, ladies. Thanks, Thanks for, having, for us. having us. Hey. So let's get started. Can you each tell me a little bit about your business and what you do, and then we'll jump in. So uh, Maureen, can I start with you? You can start with me, Sarah. Um, I run a business with my husband as my business partner and as a subject matter expert, and we work with food manufacturing companies throughout North America, training, coaching, developing training for um, as they try to achieve certification in global food safety standards. It's very complicated, but, and it's, everybody's business is complicated, but it's, it goes deeper than that, but that's the essence of it. Perfect. Thanks, Maureen. Francis? Sure. Um, my name's Francis Gert, as you said, and I'm a trusted travel advisor with Stuart Travel Group here in Prince Edward Island. Um, my partners just joined the business as well, and we really specialize in um, hosting uh, group tours and curating really unique independent experiences for people. We've just started an arm of wine and culinary tours and in organizing adventures for solo travelers, which who, you know, people who may not have somebody else to travel with and helping them have really fun adventures either on their own or with a group. 
And so it's really about helping people um, fulfill their dreams of exploring the world. That's what we do. Oh, so fun. And how about you, Sarah? <laughs> Hi, so I'm Sarah Benetto O'Brien. I own and operate the Hand Pie Company in Albany, PEI. I love to say Uptown Albany because we're a community <laughs> of about 300 and that's really funny. Um, so we manufacture totally from scratch with a, uh, a trained chef team, but handheld savory pies, kind of like Cornish pasties, but all made with island ingredients. And I had Amazing. one for dinner last night and they're delicious. <laughs> Thank you. I love that unintentionally we have a bit of a food theme going on here as well. <laughs> so let's just jump in. Um, I love seeing these themes that are emerging over the last season with what does it take to be an entrepreneur who is achieving seven figures and beyond in their business. So I'd love to hear from each of you what some of those things are as you listen that you're like, oh, I've heard kind of a variation on this um, before. What were some of those things when you think about season one that really stood out for you as as uh, something to, to think about and chew on? I think something for me was um, around that, that you don't have to do it all yourself. So I am a solopreneur, even though I'm part of a bigger company, we really each have our own businesses. And it's that um, feeling of that you can't be the horse, the carriage and the driver in your business. You have to be able to ask for help. And that's been my biggest learning and the one that I've implemented the most and I feel better and better about it as the years gone on. So whether it's, you know, finding something that is really frightening and that I really don't like doing around bookkeeping or whether it's something that I love doing and I just don't have time to do around social media um, or getting a virtual assistant, I've really brought a whole bunch of who happen to be women together to help support me in doing what I do best and I'm most passionate about. So I think that was the biggest lesson. And I heard that from so many, like Trevina, um, she was talking about it. Sherry was talking about it. You know, major in the majors, I think, was, was Sherry talking about that. And it just, that phrase really resonated with me. Mm, yeah, it's a good one for sure. I love that major in the majors. Maureen? Uh, yeah, I'll jump in there. And um, I have to say that it is the same for me, Francis. Uh, it is it is so common for I've heard it for many years. I've been in business for a long time, but really understanding that in order for you to operate in your area of expertise, first you have to understand where your magic is. Where is your magic in the business? What is it that you can truly do? That you are the one person who's best at that in your company. And what can you leave to others? And in the beginning, when it's sort of the dream is in your gut and you have a vision, it's sometimes hard to express that into other people doing stuff for you because you just think, oh, I don't know if they're going to hold my dream the way I hold my dream. But really understanding that surrounding yourself with people, sometimes they don't necessarily understand your whole dream but they do understand you somewhat. And the more they understand you and the more transparent you can be, and that takes me to, that's one of my huge takeaways, is that I heard transparency quite often. The word transparency came up. And sometimes I think I overshare with my team. 
And then when I hear transparency, I think, no, that is the path because I listen to people who have done exactly what I'm working towards doing. And if they say transparency, that reinforces me that that's something I should be doing. And then people do understand how to take things off your plate so you can jump to where you need to be playing. Yeah. Lots of nodding here. How about you, Sarah? Awesome. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the nodding thing. I love that we can all see each other just nodding along. Um, so definitely, I don't want to exactly echo what everyone else has said, but I, I definitely support it. I'm giving a thumbs up, uh, even though this is only audio. Um, the two things that I kind of wrote down were uh, Sherry's note about empathetic leadership really resonated with me. Uh, I started off by myself, you know, then we built a team of two people. And now we're up to 13 of us in the summertime empathetic leadership across the board um, really has helped me retain staff as well as Jessica's note about leading with values. They kind of play off of each other. Um, but there's a lot of people that are in food manufacturing. So how do we set ourselves apart? You know, amazing PEI ingredients, et cetera, et cetera, but really leading strong with our values will keep us grounded as we continue to grow. And our business is one that's seen a steady 30% growth year to year. Um, so, man, you've got to have something ground you when you're kind of shooting for the stars. Yeah, it's such a great point, eh? And I think it really leads to one of the things that I was thinking about. And I was so struck by how many of these women are in either traditional industries that they are just turning on their head and or they're doing something completely different and I think about you know I think about what Patty was talking about in terms of you know another food business where she was really so heavily focused on changing that workplace culture within the industry and then you know and I, I yeah so I, I I'd love to hear sort of that your thoughts on that in terms of what it looks like when you really settle in to be comfortable with who you are and how that then expresses itself within, within their businesses and yours. Maybe we'll go Something backwards. Something that I've um, really seen is as a travel agent, I've never worked in bricks and mortar where the traditional travel agency world comes from. And so I don't know how it's supposed to be. And so I'm, I'm doing all sorts of things that I feel are natural they're what comes to me they're where I get my inspiration from um but people sort of look at it and go wow that's different or that's unique or that's well that's not the way it's usually done and that's okay for me um it's what makes it fun is that I'm sort of exploring and learning as I go in the industry but that I'm not I don't have to be tied to or stuck to the way my industry which is typically female dominated um is has supposed to have happened. And that's where, um, you know, some of the people that I work with, like Travis and Paula, who have really, you know, embraced the hosted tour opportunity, and, you know, allowing us to, to really grow in that is, is not something that every agency does. And we're really excited by being able to just do things because they feel right. Yeah, yeah, Sarah. Um, I really love that you brought up Patty before I did because I have like eight pages of notes on her. Um, I, I've honestly, I've listened to all the podcasts, but I've listened to Patty's three times now. And now it's almost my like soundtrack for driving to town, which takes about an hour. Um, just everything she said resonated so hard and it gave me so much hope. Um, I think that she said she's about seven years in. 
So I have a few more years to, to build an empire uh, that can compare with hers. But really, yet again, like you have your core values, you build the right people around you that can support you so that you can do what you do best, um, which is usually growing your company. Um, yeah. Hey, Patty, if you're listening to this, I'm the leader of your fan club, man. <laughs> She's got a pretty big fan club now, too. What, is it about, what was it about Patty in particular? Because that's how you and I sort of first connected on, on the interwebs. We don't have, we've, we've never met before today, um, but it was your enthusiastic <laughs> response to Patty <laughs> that I kind of fell in love with. Um, what was it about that one in particular? You know, the thread that I see there is that hope. What is it about seeing someone else down that path that gives you hope? Man, the whole thing about you can't be it till you can see it. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur, you're operating in this bubble quite often, especially being in rural PEI. Um, and Patty's the first person that I've even virtually met that is just so much like me. Like I am toning it down for this interview right now. <laughs> and I made sure not to caffeinate. Um, so just another person that's just as high energy, yet just as empathetic. Um, that really wants to kind of do good and to take the skills that we've had. Um, I love to call myself a, you know, a line cowboy that's graduated. Uh, I've worked a lot through a very male dominated industry and how do I take the good parts from that and add the great parts of, of being an empathetic extroverted woman and grow this thing that, you know, attracts employees, attracts customers. Um, and really, yeah, just keeps on going. I'll jump right in there. I am a huge fan of the Patty interview. And anyone who knows me knows that I will not watch a movie twice. I won't listen to something twice. Like I'm, a, I'm one and done. I have listened to Patty three times. And I would say a couple of things. Um, as an entrepreneur, especially when you have big dreams, sometimes you are the, you think, you always feel like you're the craziest person in the room because you have this crazy idea and you're willing to stay up late and you're willing to mortgage your house and you're willing to do all this stuff you have to do to make a dream come true. And you do feel a little bit crazy sometimes. And when you hear someone like Patty, who is really you inside and she's unapologetic and she is uh, like, you know, I, I think like stupid persistence. That is one of the lines I heard in, in one of the interviews. I'm not sure which one, Sarah, but stupid persistence. And the notion that you can be, you can bring your whole self to your business. No matter what the industry is, you can bring a business where every contract has the word fun in it. We do that. We put the word fun in our contract. And let me tell you, food safety is not necessarily fun. But if you can't have fun, you're probably a bad boyfriend. So, um, so I, love, I love that she's wide open. And really, I think just like you, Sarah, you know, I know him, how enthusiastic you are about the hand pie company. And uh, hearing her speak and hearing her laugh and hearing her joy and hearing that all of that, she's brought her whole womanly self to her business, and it's working. She's one of the people that Sarah Roach Lewis is interviewing because she's broken. She's in that 2%, and she's doing it the way women do business. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, go ahead, Francis. 
I was just going to sort of pick up on that whole person piece, um, which for me, I've struggled um, for a long time hearing the, the concept of work-life balance actually kind of bugs me because I'm one human and the things I do for work are the things that bring me happiness and joy. They're where I get my, they're what I'm passionate about. You know, my mom's, the best advice my mother ever gave me was do what you love. At the time, I was cross-country skiing and canoeing every day, so there's a long journey from there to here, but I'm still <laughs> doing what I love, right? And that, you know, bringing that whole person, which is, I think, what, Sarah, you were saying, too, about, you know, I'm being who I am and mixing those big parts of my life experience and my, you know, my education, you know, and all of those things, but you get me, and that's what I think makes each of our businesses unique, is that we are a big part of that. But then that whole concept we were talking about, about letting someone else even find your voice on social media, right? Trusting someone else to be your voice and letting them get to know you enough so that they can do that so that you can keep going with your passion. But that concept of a whole person, and, and I, I've got a whole other sort of set of reflections about this, but that was a, a really big point for me. And it's something that I struggle with all the time when I hear that term work-life balance. It's like, no, you get, you get me and you get all of me all the time. And, you know, I think it is, um, it, it is such a good point, this whole idea about um, finding, finding a business and finding your role in your business that brings you, brings you joy. And it is so easy to say, and, you know, I, I say that all the time. And then last week I was doing stuff that didn't bring me joy, um, but has to be done. Right. So I think there's also that kind of trade off of like, you know what, today I'm doing things that um, rattles my confidence. And so I'm, just going to do the stuff that rattles my confidence today and hope that, um, but by doing the things that in general bring me joy, I can get back to that more quickly than if I'm slogging away. And I, I think about Carol O'Henley and Carol talked about, um, you know, being really, really good at accounting, but it made her sick every day and she just didn't want to do it because, um, you know, who wants to go to work and feel sick? So with that, you know what, we are at time for our first break. I'm going to bring us to break and uh, we'll be we're right, right back with Sarah, Francis, and Maureen. Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach-Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to Sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's Sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough. 
Welcome back to Breakthrough. Uh, this is the last show of our season. We're doing something a little bit different um, because one of the things that I have talked about all along on this show is that this really is a bit of a roadmap, this really brilliant opportunity to get to hear what less than 2% of women business owners have been able to achieve in their business. So really wanting to have the time with uh, Francis, Sarah, and Maureen to hear what they as ambitious women entrepreneurs on this path, um, how this show is affecting them and impacting their business, really going to that idea of you can't be what you can't see, now we can see it, what are we learning? So from that, I'd love to hear from each of you something that you did hear and, and start to action. Um, you know, what is it that you've heard that you went, oh, I can use that right now? And maybe Maureen, I'll, I'll start with you. Sure, Sarah. Uh, I am the queen of taking notes and stopping a podcast so I can record a note for myself. And uh, one of the things, Julia Campbell was very, uh, very articulate in uh, talking about being uncomfortable. And there are times when I feel like I feel like every day is a challenge. And I think that's because you have set yourself up to be uncomfortable. And, you know, 39 days out of 40, I might feel like I'm ready to slay dragons. On the 40th day, I think, really, could I not just phone it in today? Do I have to stretch? But when Julia said, you have to get comfortable, comfortable with being uncomfortable and I came to the office and I looked at my team and I said, how many people in this room are uncomfortable every single day at work? And everybody put their hand up because we, we are in growth mode. So that really stood out for me that while I thought being uncomfortable meant that I just, I didn't have everything I needed. Now I understand that part of stretching is being uncomfortable all the time. And now I think if I'm not uncomfortable, I'm not working hard enough. <laughs> so that was fabulous. And the other that really stood out for me in my current situation is we are in rapid growth, which is fabulous. But I, it largely falls to me to be always thinking about how are we going to manage growth. And I have a couple of really good mentors, uh, some of whom run massive companies, and they say managing growth is, uh, is the hardest thing you'll do in any business. But Travinia, for whatever reason, at the right time, her instruction to outsource incomes, and that was how she went from, that was a level changer for her, was when she decided that she had to outsource incomes. And in that instant, I realized that I could no longer give anyone tasks because that's not where I need to play. And that's also not the way for me to get the best out of the people who work with me and work towards my dream. And the genie came out of the bottle when Trevinia said that, and it's not going back in. When I'm when I even remotely think about putting a task out to someone, I just think, uh-oh, you haven't outsourced that outcome. What is the outcome you need and how can you articulate and organize that so that you can share it with somebody else? Um, and the other one is know your numbers. I hired an external CFO last week. Uh, Susan was so articulated in that, articulate in that and everyone else echoed it all along the way, which was great. She started it off but every single person, nobody said, I got there by uh, wild-ass guesses. 
<laughs> everybody said, you have to know your numbers. And I've totally taken that to heart. And I am so ready to move into 2020 running on the numbers, like running numbers. And that's it. So I'll carry it on to somebody else. I have so many takeaways. <laughs> Francis? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, so, many, so much of what you just said, Maureen, really resonates. It was Carol about her accounting course, um, which is such a great story, but she said, you've got to figure things out that terrify you. And yeah, I, numbers are one of the things that terrify me, but I'm trying really hard to, to put the people around me that can help me with that um, so that I can use my numbers to help me make decisions rather than panic about what the numbers, how to get the numbers out of, of the business. Um, and so that's really important. And I think going back to Julia's interview, actually, she, um, she talked about finding time to be still. And again, that message came to me at exactly the right time. And she talked about how um, it's really easy as an entrepreneur to see that time being still as being unproductive, that we should be doing something. And um, it's really, she, she went on to say that that's when our most productive thoughts are going to come and those kinds of things. So, so two things from that. One is, I've tried to stop shoulding myself, stop using the word should because it's so judgmental um, and rather um, think about, you know, how I can uh, just eliminate that word from my vocabulary. But second, I, I've really put in place the last few months a morning routine um, that has helped me find time to be still, um, that's helped me prioritize taking care of me. And so now when I do my, my weekly plan, um, that's the first thing that goes in is that the time for me to take care of myself rather than the other way around, which was put everything in I should be doing and then try and fit that self-care um, outside of that. And so it was, um, you know, th that message from Julia came at sort of a, a perfect time for me personally. And then um, it really has helped me. So it's been just a total reversal of the way I do my weekly planning is that self-care first everything else later. And if I can't fit the other things in, then I've got to figure out how to prioritize that. But self-care is the non-negotiable. And somebody else, I can't remember who it was, was talking about, you know, making sure you think about those, those non-negotiables and, and, you know, put those on your, on your list and your calendar and that one thing a day or two things a day are the things you have to do to take care of yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup kind of that cliche, but it's, it's true. You can't. And so how do I keep giving to my business and growing um, and then Trevinia also was talking about, you know, that, that concept of you don't have to play the martyr. It doesn't necessarily, working more hours doesn't necessarily mean that you're more productive. And so how can you really be focused on the right, doing the right things um, the right way so that you can make the most uh, impact? So those, all of those sort of self-care messages for me, and that goes back to what we were talking about, about the whole person, um, were really impactful for me and, and made me um, just, recognize and I've known it forever but for some reason the last few months and I think the messages um, that I've heard have really resonated and that's what I'm doing. And how about you Sarah? All right I can totally speed through mine. Um, I was trying to really really think about a straight answer to your question um, but really for me the the main thing that I've taken away and implemented in my business is really just an overarching feeling um, at this level of hustle is 
totally okay. <laughs> and that there's a crew of us ambitious women out there in the world. Um, it's really just like listening to a table full of friends talk about their journeys each week. I, I never used to listen to podcasts. I never used to take this kind of time. But really, one hour a week of just hanging out with pals, um, listening to their, their stories has been amazing for me. Um, and it, kind of touching on what Maureen said, I do not have a solid grasp of my numbers yet. I do not have that account uh, in place that I 100% love. But for me, that's going to be the theme of my 2020. Um, I am planning on hitting that, that seven-figure mark in 2020. And it's crazy to have gotten <laughs> here and not have a grasp on the numbers. <laughs> so I'm the crazy one uh, that's kind of making it happen without that grasp. Um, speeding right along because I don't really want to talk about that very much. Uh, the, the talk with Julia, the taking time to be still, for me, that's when all of my back burner thoughts get settled. Um, and a piece about filling your own cup first. I'm about five and a half years into entrepreneurship. It's about two and a half years is just straight up hand pies. I'm always on the edge uh, of burnout. And I think that's an entrepreneurial trait is just to really keep grinding. You know, the second you, you sit back, you feel like you're not doing enough. But for me, really, that's when the deep thoughts come out, the, the projections for the future, the big, big ideas come when I'm still and more of those need to come out. You know, it's really amazing how when we know these things, you hear it over and over again, but there's something about that person who's already achieved that saying it, that it gives you permission to be like, oh yeah, right. I, I, I mean, like many of us, I spent a lot of time in school and I think of entrepreneurship a little bit like being in university, that there's always that thing that you could be doing. There's always that thing that you should be doing. There's always that thing that, you know, it's, it's never done. And yet the most important thing that you can do some days is really and truly just stop, take the break, walk away and, you know, how much more refreshed that you are. I think too, you know, it's interesting um, when I think about this, one of the things that I found uh, an interesting theme through, through all of them is this idea about understanding your stage of business and what is important for you to be doing at the stage that you're at right now. And I, you know, personally found that really refreshing. Um, and, you know, I think about that interview with Carla Joe, which um, she, she was just, she had so much coming at me that I was like, I can't keep up. <laughs> but, and I, that was one that I, I, I listened to all of them because I hear something different when I listen than when I'm in the middle of, of, you know, making sure that everything is actually happening. Um, but that one in particular, when she so really eloquently defined each stage of business and what you should be doing that I actually find that really comforting because um, Sarah, I'm with you and, and, and my, one of my greatest frustrations in my business is that I don't have um, the financials down the way that I want to, which is super frustrating because that's what I'm really good at. And I do for other businesses. <laughs> I'm really good at making financial, you know, making business decisions based on the finances, but I really am terrible at um, invoices and receipts and all of that stuff. So, but my, what I was able to take away from all of those different folks who talked mm -hmm. about stage of business is that's okay. 
I don't actually need to be, I, I know enough. I, you know, I know how much money I'm making. I know how much money I'm spending. Um, do I have that turnaround as quickly as I want right now? No. But like you, Sarah, that is the theme of 2020. And it's also because that's the, we're moving into the stage of business where that has become critically important. So to me, that was a really important takeaway was, you know, to everything there is a season. I think the other thing, oh, Maureen, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, Sarah, I would say that that is, um, it's kind of, you know, uh, when I first had a baby, I really clung to that book that said what, what you can expect in the first year. You know, your first baby, you're waiting for them to do this, and then you're waiting, and then they say they should be able to sit up, so you're propping the poor little thing up and saying, can you sit by yourself? You know, do you need a pillow? Whatever. But at least it was, a, you know what I mean, heaven knows, four babies in, I know they're all really different, and they just do whatever they want, whenever they want. But just having some sort of an idea of where your business really is and what you can expect. I was so relieved when, uh, I think it was Trevinia said she was six years in before she had a budget, possibly. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought, ooh, thank heavens. Um, <laughs> and also, everybody's business is messy under the hood. And I, above all people, should know that. I work with other businesses. <laughs> I can see that they're all messy when I get inside. And I always say, wow, from the outside, they look really organized. But you know when you get in there, it's messy. However, when I look at my own business, I think, oh, this is so messy. It's tragic. I'm doing something wrong. And then when Trevinia said out loud, like, let me tell you, they're all messy under the hood. And I, why, I don't know why I can't tell myself that. But understanding that you are where you are supposed to be, things are unfolding as they normally would, and just being able to figure out what stage am I at? Am I close? What should I be looking for? And I'll say, Sarah, uh, both Sarahs, that uh, the notion of understanding your numbers and I have, I believe, come to the conclusion like 2020 is my year. Thank you. Somebody just delivered me coffee. I have a stellar team. Um, 2020 is not only the year of knowing my numbers because I know enough. I know enough that I don't. Nothing's going to blindside me right now. Yeah. But the difference between understanding what you need to know to not be blindsided and understanding what you need to know to take what you have and make the best use of that to drive yourself forward. That's, that's really where I think 2020 is going for me. And I have gone from the crazy, chaotic, let's make this crazy thing, let's try to name it, and let's try to sell it. Now people are buying it. Well, how do I turn that into more and more? And where are my opportunities for scaling? And I think that, in essence, will come from the numbers, right? Being able to move forward and saying, okay, you have X amount of dollars that you can use, you need a return on investment in X amount of days, what can you get done in that time that will give you evergreen revenue? So I really feel that, and I, I truly believe it's once a week listening to other people who have really done it, uh, because a lot of it is messaging I've heard before, but I too feel like I am having a visit with people who are honestly communicating how they did it. 
the real world. And I yeah. love that there is such a range, right? Um, I, I think there's a couple of things. One, that, you know, seven figures is just a milestone. That's it. Um, it's a pretty amazing milestone, kind of like six figures. You know, it's, a, it's an extraordinary milestone, and it's just, it, and that's what it is. And I mm-hmm. loved that, you know, we've got Martha Van Inwingen, who, you know, took her 13 years to be this overnight success and find that product that was going to bring her to that. And watching her, you know, experience that joy of, having hit that in her business for the first time was a beautiful thing. And then, you know, we have Tammy Roach, on the other hand, who is equally as excited and yet, you know, completely different business model has, has hit this milestone so much more quickly. And I think to me, in that idea of this is, um, this is, a pathway that has so many entry points to it, being able to see the commonalities and also the differences um, of of these experiences. So I'm um, I'm going to just take us to break here, and when I come back, um, we're going to continue this conversation with Maureen, Sarah, and Francis. Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough. Welcome back to Breakthrough. My name is Sarah Roach-Lewis, and I'm here with Maureen, Sarah, and Francis, and we're unpacking and debriefing the first season of Breakthrough, really taking the time to look at what are some of those lessons that we've learned from women who have who have achieved such great success. And, you know, one of the things I love to talk about is how your impression on the hard stuff. You know, when I interviewed... Meg Epstein, and she talked about doing cold calls, cold calling investors for three months. I was just like, what kind of internal fortitude do you have, woman? How did you do that? Um, But was it helpful in those times when you have to do those sorts of things yourself to hear those stories of that crazy internal fortitude? Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, It is sometimes very lonely when you have to plug your nose and get through something. And, uh, you know, that's a challenge. And it's often something that only you can do. And um, you're sometimes you think, am I the only person crazy enough to be doing this, right? To 
to be thinking, like, am I going to put this big ask out either to another human being or am I going to ask a lender or am I going to ask somebody if they'd be willing to invest some money or maybe they, you know, ask somebody else to mortgage their house. I've heard all kinds of stories, but it's a very lonely place when you think, am I crazy or am I the right kind of crazy? Uh, and you have that that huge self-doubt and it's often when you just have to make the ask and sometimes you're asking somebody to bet on you mm-hmm. or you're asking the universe to bet on you and that is challenging and I really don't know that we share that enough. The, the What it takes to ask someone to bet on you or to plug your nose and get through the really hard stuff where you're not playing at it and it's not a hobby and you say, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to put a second mortgage on my house because I believe this so hard. There are a lot, you have a lot of imperatives going on in your life when, when the chips are down and when you're doing those big asks. So I really appreciate hearing other people say, yes, I had to ask big. I had to put myself out there and be super brave. However, when you come away from that, you come away with a resilience that that feeling is not like anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So true. I, I can jump in here too. Um, I almost love hearing no. Um, and I know that if I'm not hearing no often enough, I'm not asking big enough often enough. Um, so hearing about someone else, I mean, <laughs> her dollar amount that she was asking for too, just blew me away. It was like, all right, my little complaints are nothing compared to three months of cold calls. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like the most exciting part of entrepreneurship is the learning of 800 new things every week or month, um, pushing yourself and really getting to the point where you are hearing no once in a while, then you know, uh, you know, you're where you need to be, I think. Such a great point that, you know, if you're not hearing no, you're not asking big enough. And, I, you know, Sherry Deutschman really talked about that, about, you know, regardless of what your business is, just allowing yourself to dream and to imagine what is that next big step. How about you, Francis? I think just picking up on something that Sarah just said about learning 800 new things every day. And, you know, I've always lived by the, you know, you've got to learn at least one new thing every day. And I sure as heck learn more than that every day. But it, it was Carol that said, um, you know, I can serve people better if I'm better as a person. And I'm in a service industry. And um, last year, I was at a, a, our national conference. And uh, there was a whole bunch of people talking about cruises. And I thought, okay, great. I know nothing about cruises, no interest, whatever. Of course, while I'm at conference, I get my first ask for an Alaska cruise. I have no idea what I'm doing get totally freaked out. I'm in the right place to, to learn though. All of our suppliers are there, develop great relationships with them. And I went, went home and said, enough's enough. I've got to learn. And I did my certified cruise counselor that year and have now sold lots of cruises and, and really love the, the product in a lot of ways. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's really about recognizing, wow, that, that piece is big and scary. It's that thing that kind of terrified me. Um, and you know, I'm doing that not because um, uh, it's something that, you know, I have a necessarily a passion in, but I have a passion in serving people. I have a passion to deliver a service that is exceptional and extraordinary. You can buy, I'm competing with 
online travel agencies, right? You can buy your flight on Expedia. You can buy your trip south on Sunwing. But I can promise you, you're not going to get the service from them that you would get from us. And, you know, the people that I want to serve and help are the people who, you know, are time poor and who are, you know, it's just information overload. They just want it done right. But this is such a precious thing for them. This is time away with family and friends. And so for me, that whole concept of being able to serve people better, if you're better as a person, and that was what Carol said, um, it, it's just so ingrained in me. And so it's always, you know, picking up. And, and that might be, um, you know, that I need to scale the business so that I can help more people. It might be, you know, that I can learn a new app or a new technology or a new product so that I can, you know, provide a better match for, for people. It might be getting a better relationship with a supplier because I know then if something goes wrong, I've got help there for my client. It's a, based on a personal relationship because that's, we all, as we all know, that's where business starts, right? And so it's, it's really how do I, I continue to learn for the purpose of better serving the people that I want to help in my business. And that's, that's really what it comes down to for me. It's so neat to um, so many who talked about how important it was to have, you know, uh, the extension of that, of, you know, that internal healthy person is having that healthy staff and creating that culture. And I was really struck by the lengths that people go to in order to make sure that their staff are happy and the success. I mean, if we look at Sherry Deutschman, who, um, you know, Inc. 5000 for 11 years in a row, fastest growing company, um, highest cost in her market, and, you know, happily went and told her, her clients that they weren't the most important um, to her, that her staff were more important, and that's why she was going to be able to deliver. So I think, you know, it's interesting to me, all of these ways where the things that sometimes as women we are, being, we are told are, are, are negatives, uh, you know, those gender stereotypes of being, oh, you're too emotional, you're too empathetic, you care too much. Actually, to see these women taking those gender, negative gender stereotypes and turning them on the head, their head and saying, actually, this is the way we do business, and we're really darn successful when we do it that way. Absolutely, Sarah. I would say that when I listened to Carol, that was so beautiful. Um, what was so beautiful was that no matter what you asked Carol in that interview, Carol's whole self came out and how, like, what a, what a, what a remarkable human being she is. And there is no way that Carol could not be her authentic self in business. And the fact that she's making out like a bandit while doing it, that's, that's just the icing on the cake. Well, and speaking of Carol, I just came back from a lunch, a Christmas lunch that Carol hosted um, with 80 women, uh, you know, at a, at a local restaurant. I mean, she she truly does embody that. She said she's a connector and she so is a connector. You know, the other one that we haven't talked a lot about and I just loved is Jessica Higgins. So she was just on earlier this month. And one of the things that I loved about Jessica is, I mean, she was just so, 
again, I think you guys talked about that embracing who you are. And I loved um, that not only did she embrace who she was, but she really didn't have much of an ego. Like in her, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. And if that means that, you know, I go to this meeting and they don't know I'm the CEO, well, then I'm okay with that. She, I really liked that she talked about choosing yourself every time too. She really talked about, you know, you have to, to be confident and strong, but she doesn't come across as someone who's, um, yeah, who's, who's full of ego or title or anything like that. She leads simply through values and empathy and caring about, you know, who she works with and what she does. And that, that just came totally through in the interview for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Jessica who said no is temporary. Yes. Was it her who said that? No, it's temporary. <laughs> like, not right now. Yeah. No, yeah. It's just not right now. Uh, and it's, what's really funny is when you have those great lines that are in your head already, the next time you hear no, as I said earlier, the genie's out of the bottle. Somebody says no. It's almost laughable. It's not crushing. Otherwise, you might be crushed by it. But she's in my head now. And I just think, oh, yeah, no, it's temporary. Yeah, whatever. Moving on. I'll find somebody else. Right? <laughs> or I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I'll be back next Monday. <laughs> all these women are now little, like, advice angels on all of our shoulders. <laughs> there, you got it. We've got them. Yeah, that's amazing. I will have to uh, reach out and tell them they all need to listen to this one. Um, I think, I think too, you know, it's that. What? Oh, hello! We have a friend. Um, the other thing that I I was struck by, I don't know, maybe about it, like somewhere in just that idea that, you know, I I intro the show by saying, um, regardless of where you are on the path. Because to me, this realization that every single business starts at zero, every business starts at zero. And so it's so reassuring to know that regardless of where we are on the path, all of these women who are super successful and who are dealing with their own challenges and don't necessarily feel successful that day, all started at zero with their business as well. Absolutely. Go ahead, Maureen. No, absolutely. I just always think every time somebody says, you know, uh, oh, I, you know, I, I started a walk to run and, you know, I mostly I felt like I was crawling. And I always say, don't forget, you're way ahead of all the people who are still on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel about business. <laughs> and I found it really um, comforting, I guess, to hear. I mean, it was Trevinia, it was Susan, it was Carol. I think there were a few others. I sort of stumbled into being an entrepreneur and I, you know, I still have a full-time government job um, and, uh, you know, did this for a whole lot of reasons. I have a lot of whys, but it's really, you know, I didn't ever expect to say I'm an entrepreneur, that I'm a business owner. And um, it's something now I'm really, really proud of. And it's something that I find really rewarding. I used to have my whole self tied to my, my full-time job. And now I feel um, that, you know, I, I'm here doing this and that's where I get the reward because it's something I create and the effort I put in is the effort I get out. And so, you know, knowing that, you know, stumbling into this wonderful world, crazy world of entrepreneurship is not something that I'm alone in was uh, really comforting. Oh man. And I wish they would have told me in school, you know, like all those little sections on your report card where they're like, wow, doesn't respect authority enough, really likes to talk about their own ideas. They're like, oh, maybe you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> like that would have been amazingly helpful. I think, especially in my <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> it's so true, isn't it? Uh, you yeah. know, all of those. And I, I have two very strong-willed children, and I often say about them, like, they're going to make really amazing grown-ups. The traits of, like, stubborn and tenacious and strong-willed are what we value in grown-ups, but we really don't enjoy that in two-year-olds <laughs> or five-year-olds or 12-year-olds even. <laughs> So as we're starting to wrap up, I would love to hear from each of you. We've talked so much and I appreciate your time about, you know, how the show has helped you in each of your businesses. Um, I'd love to know um, a couple of things. One, just tell us what your bold vision is for your business for 2020. And I'd love to also know from each of you if this opportunity to hear women who've gone before you, has that helped change your vision? Has that helped you um, think a little bit bigger? How about you, Sarah? A hundred percent, honestly. Um, I feel like I'm totally a one-woman show. I, I'm an entrepreneur at this level, but I don't have a business partner. Um, I don't have an operations manager. I'm still kind of, you know, the octopus with my hands in all the pots, literally sometimes. Um, <laughs> so really just getting to hear other success stories and not just, uh, you know, sitting down and reading a published business book that's been edited to no end. These, this is a podcast. I truly feel like you're getting such honest, authentic answers. Um, you've chosen some amazing women and I'm sure there's at least another, you know, few dozen of us out there with amazing stories to tell. And I look forward to continuing to hear them um, and to being you know, one of those women <laughs> that gets interviewed for the show. It's just giving us an excellent benchmark. Um, it's added like oomph into the hustle to, to hit that point and join that 2%, which is, you know, we haven't even started to talk about how crazy that statistic is. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, thank you, Sarah, for being like our guiding light. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your bold vision, Sarah? What's, what's happening for the Hand Pie Company in 2020? Man, uh, so sort of going back to what I touched on before, the, I love the whole 2020 equals, you know, perfect vision thing. Um, so my goal for 2020 is to get a, like a stronghold on those numbers, to bring someone in who can look at the numbers that I know and think I understand, but to help me see where there's room for growth, um, how to achieve that, you know, how do you eat a dragon one bite at a time? I need that financial advice person to be like, all right, you've got this dragon, let's figure out how to eat it. Amazing. And, uh, you know, we can schedule that uh, podcast anytime you want. <laughs> this time next year, you? let's do it. Yeah. It's my birthday yeah. today, so I would love to oh. do it on my birthday next year. <laughs> okay, so December 16th, 2020, Sarah wow. and I are recording her podcast for Breakthrough. I'm putting it in my schedule Amazing. right now. Yeah, that's because by then, she'll have broken seven figures. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, I I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's been, uh, really um, something that I look forward to every week. And um, it's, I think it's, you know, I'm still doing this part time, right? And when you're doing things part time, when you're a business owner that's part time, you kind of, at first, I felt like maybe this is just a hobby, right? Mm. But I realized that absolutely not. This is a serious um, undertaking. It's fun, don't get me wrong, but it's it's serious and it's going to be big for me. And um, I'm just so excited 
to hook my wagon to to this thing called entrepreneurship. And so uh, I doubled my sales this year, and uh, I'm going to do that again. That is my uh, goal, and uh, it's a crazy one because I, in order to do that, there are a lot of things that I can't keep doing it all on my own. I'm just amazing. Partner has joined my business. Um, the other piece for me is is maintaining that ra- radical focus on self care because I won't be able to to double my my sales um, if I don't do that. And then I've got a couple of other ideas for um, some passive uh, income and uh, some products that hopefully will generate uh, growth for the company uh, as well. But I'm still uh, mining Sarah's brain to <laughs> try and figure out how to do. Um, so I work with Sarah as a business coach as well. So um, it's you know, it's amazing that this all started with me doing Sarah's 90 for 90 program in June of last year and the amount of change that's come um, as a result of that, as, as a result of um, working with her as a coach and then, you know, hearing the podcast for the last four months, it, there's that whole circle of five. And I feel like every week I add to that circle of, you know, surrounding yourself with the people that you want to be most like. Well, this gives me an opportunity to surround myself every week with women in that 2%. And you know, I know I'll be there one day. Amazing. Maureen, 30 seconds. Tell me what your vision is for 2020. My vision is uh, I am going to break the seven figures this year. And I absolutely was, I am in negotiations for a contract right now. And I was dogged that that was going to be more than seven figures, that one contract. And I'm pretty sure I'm at 1.05. Yes. And that is absolutely as a result of having that in my head. I would say also your numbers person has to own, has to be able to own your vision because your numbers person will feed you numbers and they will be cautious. But you have to say, I have a big goal, a big audacious goal. I want to look at my numbers with that in mind. So be super strong about that. And that's what I'm doing. That's, that's my new person is here. And we've had a strong conversation about you'll be cautious. I'm going to grow. Amazing. Listen, ladies, thank you so much. Um, This has been a a real blast. I appreciate you indulging me. 2020 is the decade for women in business. Change has never happened this fast before, and it will never go this slow again. So jump on board. Let's have a great time. In the meantime, uh, reach out, send me an email. If you want to be on this show, if you have someone that you would love to hear on this show, send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Happy New Year and all the best. Thank you for tuning in to Breakthrough. Be sure to join Sarah Roach Lewis again with another inspiring interview next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.